welcome to Side Talks. Podcast is a podcast. Yes, it is. <laughs> do you like that? I do. I do. You came in there with like the musical support. Yeah, I try to. I yeah. try to. I try to bring the fun. Um, I don't know how fun that was. It, I, I, I was the most fun I've ever had, not on a roller coaster, I would say. The most fun you can have in a pandemic. <laughs> let's talk about movies. Uh, let's do it. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. fight. So it's time for a five-minute fight. Five-minute fight. And today's five-minute fight subject is on one of my 200 favorite movies, oh, Paul uh-huh. Thomas Anderson's The Master, yeah. starring Joaquin Phoenix, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Amy Adams Ooh, in a story boobier. of a tremendously disturbed World War II veteran who falls under the sway of an L. Ron Hubbard-style cult leader in the 1950s in America. This is a dazzling portrait of American uh, oh, capitalism stop, and corruption and uh, t- early 20th century malaise from one of America's greatest filmmakers working right now. Trying to front load it, bitch. Yeah, because like I feel like I can rest my case there. I hear what you're saying, and I am, I've come fully prepared to lose, which is, you know, kind of in the spirit of my life. Oh my um, but I know a lot of people like this film. And here's here's where I here's where I know I'm gonna lose. Okay, okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up. Like the di- I cannot fault the direction here. I cannot fault the performances. They're impeccable. I cannot fault the cinematography here. Like this is a this is a gorgeous looking film. Yes. When you're just looking at the palette when you're looking at this the cinematography that the, the composition. Um, you know, P.T. Anderson is is is, is a master. Um, he's a, he's a great artist. I, that I don't fault any of that. So it, it is hard to kind of say, okay, all of that is good. All of that is is exceptional, really. Yes. But but where this thing fails for me is is on a tonal level for one, on a being handed a bag of shit for two, on the script itself is probably where I can put most of my sort of technical issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then finally, a just like. Why'd you have to do that to me, bitch? Um, that's where that's where it's all kind of falling apart for me. So I, I hear you. All of those things are on point. I'm not going to really argue those things. But this film is just straight up nasty from beginning to end, starting with what I think it opens with like a with I, and this other thing. I'm going to lose in part because I haven't watched it because I couldn't bring myself to watch it again. Um, <laughs> but doesn't it open with with a with a beating off on the beach scene? Uh, yeah, that's near the beginning of yeah. the movie. Uh, the, Joaquin Phoenix's character is, among other things, terminally horny in this movie, um, which is one of the character traits that drives him to fall under, I think, kind of a quasi-psychosexual yeah, for sure. like, influence uh, of, of this other man, of, of Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. I agree. I think a, a, an extra horny Joaquin Phoenix is part of why I don't like this film. I don't well, need that in my life. It's a pretty intense energy. That's it, Yeah. And, and this thing, that's the other thing, is this thing is filled with male energy. Hmm. No way around it. Um, P.T. P. Anderson can be a little guilty of this. Um, he brings the he he brings a little he, he tends to bring a little bit of the testosterone to the screen. I'm not I'm not faulting that. I I think like where it works really well is in a film like There Will Be Blood. Sure. The, where that film works 
in a lot of ways, this film fails for me. Um, and, and things feel, there's other things too. Okay. But I'll kind of, I'll let you jump in here. Cause I know you're probably anxious to, to get a couple of words in, but, but this thing feels just gross. It feels nasty. It feels uncomfortable in a way that doesn't pay off for me. Um, that I don't feel rewarded by, I uh, don't feel better for. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I can't disagree with this being a gross and nasty movie. It is a gross yeah. and nasty movie. Yeah. It's, um, it is something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Joaquin Phoenix's character is almost a feral animal who has been being manipulated in a large part by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, who is in part being manipulated by uh, the Amy Adams character, his wife, who – you know, is mostly a a background character, right? Right. But she uh, you, she does you have. I want to like to highlight what you just said. But she does have, you know, the puppet strings, so to speak, and and we see that in, in several. Oh, a key... background character, a background manipulative woman. Okay, I I understand that, but okay. like I think that that Anderson and especially the cast imbue that with a bit more nuance than than that comes across than than uh, I've just described it. I hear what you're saying, but I think part of my issue is that this thing is so male and it sort of feels anti-woman. It is it is and, a very male movie. Yes. Yeah, and like where are the female characters in this thing other than in the background sort of and not in the best light in the background. So these are some of my issues, right? But nobody is portrayed in a particularly good not light. Not going to disagree like, with it's, that. It's not as if, you know, not gonna disagree the master that. singles out its female characters for particular scorn. Also, I think there is – this is a movie where – you know, Joaquin Phoenix's character, I, I, I keep calling him that. His name is Freddie, I think, in the movie. Freddie yeah. Freddy has this sort of idealized, like, disturbingly young girlfriend back home who is kind of like the, the objective that he's working towards. He's trying to better himself to go back home for this woman. And we as viewers know that that is, you know, a completely, like, astonishingly wrong-headed thing for him to do but that is that character is the the sort of impetus for him I think to to do what he does in the movie and she just sort of exists as like a Laura Palmer type character uh-huh. this idealized right you there's know, an figure. idealized woman in one corner uh-huh. there's a manipulative background character oh my I could talk a long time about this well yeah I guess I could too I, it's been a while since I've seen this movie the as script well. is disconnected I don't think so. But I'll I'll admit this. I'll admit this. The first time I saw this movie, when I saw it in theaters, I walked out and I was like, I don't know what he was going for there. And I didn't see it again until it came out on Blu-ray. And when I watched it again, I was like, oh, this is a masterpiece. What the fuck was my problem? Like, it, it took me... A little while to come around to it, but uh, but I came around to it. I I, I, I bought into the system, uh, so to speak, and I'm now a full fledged cult member. I feel like there's too. I'm sorry, Brad, for keeping going here, but the, I, now that you've talked a little bit, I have to talk about it too. I feel like that's only I, fair. I feel like it's the, the script is so disconnected that it's not enjoyable, mm-hmm. um, and that it puts so much like. I, I like, you know me, I like a film that puts a little bit of, of, it requires a little bit of lifting from an audience, but this is some fucking heavy lifting. And it doesn't feel, I feel exhausted when I leave this film mm. and not in a pleasant way. Okay, I'll shut up. Sam. Well, this is, this is a movie where um, Philip Seymour Hoffman calls a guy a pig fuck. So yeah, that was amazing. That's the best part. This will be interesting to see where Sam lands on this one. <laughs> Um, right when y'all mentioned this last time, like put on the list, I said to Brad in the studio, like, oh God, uh, Rachel's already lost. That's one of my personal favorite movies. Oh no. So, um, no. surprise, here we go. Um, no. 
so spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, Rachel gets 50,000 points for the true point that it's just so much male energy. It's kind of too much, um, just testosterone. It's like the Michael Bay of art movies. Um, (laughs) everything Corey said though is true. He gets all the points because this movie is one of my personal favorites. Really no contest here. Um, though the sand mermaid from the beginning is the true winner here. But I do have to leave with this one headline, uh, the best headline, Fiona Apple quit cocaine after an excruciating evening with Quentin Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson. You know what, Sam? That means I won. For over one million years, Rachel and Corey have talked. And now they share with you one of the greatest accomplishments of all time. Their list of the top 200 films. It's time, once again, for our little mini-series recurring segment here on Side Talks of our 200 favorite movies of all time. We're running down this list um, uh, with eight films per segment, and today we're starting with number one. 168. So, Rachel, I'll kick us off today. My 168th favorite film of all time is a Hal Ashby movie, not the cool. uh, not the only Hal Ashby right. movie on this list. I'll, I'll assure you of that. Uh, this one is Being There, the great um, oh. movie with Peter Sellers as Chauncey Gardner, um, who I, I feel like I have a lot in common with personally. Nice. Well, I can, you know, who can't respect that decision? Um, mine is coming in a little weird here at Uh-oh. 168, and that is a found footage documentary called The Reagan Show. Oh, I love The Reagan Show. Uh, it is it's an, a sidewalk alum, it's right? It's a sidewalk alum, and it is a, a it is a, one of one of the, if not the best found footage docs yeah. uh, that, that one can watch. And just really interesting and strange and powerful in certain ways and and i really really like it all about how reagan was packaged by the news media to appear statement-like and professional yeah the celebrityization of the presidency um you think that's a relevant topic these days sure does seem like it (laughs) so uh, yeah coming in coming in strange at, at 168 for me 167 for me i don't know if this is the case, but looking back through my list, I'm pretty sure this is the first appearance and not the last appearance by Mr. Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, 167 is Notorious. Uh, my favorite Hitchcock film, by the way. Is that going to show up higher on your uh, list? It should. It should. All um, right. And so, yeah, that's a great one. Very strange one, too. A, oh, lot, yeah. of, a lot of Freudian shit going on in this film. Oh, yeah. And, and, and really fun to, to watch. Yeah. Uh, okay, my 167 is is a film by Ty West called In a Valley of Violence. I'm I'm all about that. It's a great. I, I needed a western on my list. It's a great western, and it's a it's a dog killing revenge film. Hell yeah, Ethan Hawke, good stuff. Great film. 166 for me, uh, the classic screwball comedy from Gregory Licava, My Man Godfrey with Carol Lombard and William Powell. A really really funny movie. Nice. My 166. Skate Kitchen. <laughs> We've got three Sidewalk alum and a, uh, alumni in a row there. Oh, there's been a bunch here. I mean, yeah. we programmed some pretty good shit, it turns yeah. out. Here's a funny story about that. Uh, word rumor has it that the young woman who is the lead, the mm-hmm. very, very, very top lead in this film, actually came to the screening at Sidewalk, did not announce herself, did not say anything, sat in the back, watched the film, and left. 
I really there were numerous numerous folks who saw her, <laughs> including one of my students, one of the one of uh, actually might be listening, um, uh, the Dieter brothers. Oh yeah, one of them I believe spoke with her. Well, so, that's wild, isn't it? Anyway, it's cool. It made number one sixty six on my list. Um, there's an HBO show now, right? Have yeah, you, there have is. you seen any? I've of that? seen it. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the of the episodic version of this thing. Sure. I feel like the film is it's good, and let's leave it at that. But, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, one sixty five for me. A really great recent movie that uh, maybe you've heard of, uh, dear listener. I'm willing to bet, in fact, that if you've ever even listened to a second of this podcast, you have seen and probably adore Barry Jenkins' Moonlight okay. from 2016. Surprise! That's not higher on your list. It it probably should be but, but what are cool. you gonna do uh bringing the lgbtq over here as well uh which is that at 165 i believe it's directed by kimberly pierce boys don't cry hey all right really fucking hard film to watch yeah though. it is um probably the best that hillary swank's ever been best that hillary swank's ever been maybe the only time hillary swank's ever been good um yeah wow. i mean other than 90210 and uh and and yeah a, a great film very controversial film yeah lots of talk around whether or not this is sort of um you know uh, this should even be depicted on screen right. i mean it, it, interesting topic but but nonetheless it's made my list and and i i would argue that it's an important film for a lot of reasons albeit a, a very difficult one i agree it's it's a very powerful movie yeah. Um, also, Chloe Seven Days in this thing. Yeah, she's really great too. And she's pretty darn great in it. Yeah, Oscar nominee for it. Deserved. One sixty four. This relates to a topic that we're going to be talking about in an episode or two, um, and a topic that we've talked about a lot on this show already. We're talking about um, oh, a Lars von Trier movie called Melancholia, uh, starring Kirsten Dunst, uh, probably. Honestly, if somebody forced me to choose my favorite Von Trier, um, I think at this point, uh, not very typical for him because it's, you know, very consciously sort of beautiful in a way that his movies usually aren't, but typical for him in that it's about the annihilation of human existence. Um, It rules. It's great. And a very, another different kind of very difficult film to watch, but in a sidestep from things that Candace says in a film, one of Candace Murdoch's favorite films in her top two or three, which, boy, oh boy, that is a dark as night one to put up there in the top th- two or three right next to Basic Instinct for her. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I respect that, though. I am all about that pairing uh, for some so, reason. That is, that is some good shit. Maybe at some point we'll do Candace's top ten list. Um, anyway, that that's not what we're talking about right now. My 164 is uh, a, another LGBTQ film uh, that's that was in the shout spotlight uh, for us uh, a couple years ago, and that is the Miseducation of Cameron Post. Yeah, cool, good film. Yeah, um, this is a pivot right back into bro territory. Sorry oh, in advance. Um, this is basic. I know it's basic, but look, this is a great movie. It's an influential movie. I'm already apologizing. I haven't okay. even said the name of it, but I feel like you're going to judge me because Can't this wait. is basic. It's Seven. It's David Fincher's Seven, which I think uh, is a really great uh, serial killer procedural thriller. And yeah. it's it's super influential and funny and gross. And it has just all the shit I like in movies. I'm not going to argue it. I, I don't. 
You know, that's one that I did actually like when I saw, but have never really had it in me to be like, I'm going to go back and watch that again. I mean, it's an unpleasant movie. And, um, you know, the villain in that movie has been canceled for many reasons at this point. So, so I don't know how it would hold up on a rewatch, but there are a lot of movies on my list that I don't know how they would hold up on a rewatch, to be honest, for various reasons. And we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to them. Ooh, uh oh. Um, Okay, number 163 for me, speaking of villains. Billy Mitchell, one of the greatest villains of yeah, all time. Yeah, he is. The King of Kong, a, docu- awesome. a documentary uh, about Donkey Kong. I love this movie. Great film. Yeah. 162, you had your Western earlier. Here's one of mine. I've got a lot of Westerns on this list, but um, this might be one of the first ones. I don't know. Um, this one's a pretty atypical Western, though. Johnny Guitar. Johnny oh, Guitar from okay. um, 1954, question mark, with Sterling Hayden. Um, why did I just blank on the actress's name? Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. Yeah. Joan Crawford. And Mercedes McCambridge. It's a great movie. Yeah. Cool one. Um, my 162 is coming in hot. Uh, one of the very few sort of PG ish kind of films on my list. And uh, a film that I cried a lot during, even though I don't think anybody else probably had the same experience. And that's Hugo. Oh, no. I was sobbing at the end yeah. of Hugo. This is an, a, a, look. Hey, I love this movie. You are totally right. This is an amazing movie. Um, if you love film history yes. and you are a sucker for, like I am for the early days of cinema and the magic that these that these um, great innovators brought us, man, this one will really get you. Yep. Uh, this isn't on my list. Uh, it probably should be. I love it. I adore it. And directed, of course, by the great Martin Scorsese. Indeed. Uh, so we'll close out with my final selection of the, uh, the of this group of eight. One sixty one for me is um, another film from one of the greats. This uh, the director of this is Spike Lee. The movie is Malcolm X, his wow. biopic with Denzel Washington. Um, one of the finest biopics ever made. That is an interesting film to hit a top list. Um, I wouldn't argue with you about it, but okay. Um, my 161 is a very different tone, and that is uh, Harold and Maude. Uh, well, that'll that'll pop up a little later for me. I would imagine. Um, needless to say, I don't disagree. We bookended with Hal Ashby movies right. today. That's wild. I noticed wild. that. That wasn't intentional at all, but I think we should get a prize. So that is uh, this installment of our top 200. Uh, tune in in future installments, uh, future episodes of Side Talks to hear more. We're just going to keep trucking along, starting with um, 160 through 153 next time. So keep listening. And email us at podcast at sidewalkfest.com if you would like to let us know what you agree with, don't agree with, your top 200. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you for listening to Side Talks. I'm doing this voice because I'm so fucking depressed after talking about the master. <laughs> it's just miserable. This no, you don't sound depressed. Miserable. This isn't a depressed voice. What this is, is this? an NPR announcer voice. This is I've been beat down voice. Well, maybe that's, the they, they, that's hand Same in difference. hand. NPR and being beat down by the world. Well, thank you for listening to Side Talks. We're your own. I'm popped up a little bit there. We're your own cinematic Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Okay. I like it. Ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> thanks to Batwell Studios. And uh, thanks very much uh, to Splash96 for our great theme song. Check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And go to SidewalkFest.com for cinema showtimes and more information about all the stuff that Sidewalk is up to. 
Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.